Sports fans rejoice. You're listening to My Team, My Voice with MTMV Sports. What's good? It's your boy Stephen Malcolm and you are listening to MTMV Sports. Let's get it. And now, the time fight fans all across the globe have been waiting for. It's the MTMV main card with your man, The Voice. As always, let's start off with some headlines and hot takes. A couple weeks ago, when James Gallagher's opponent dropped out, Raytheon Stott said, look, Bellator, sign me, I'll fight him. He's all hype. I want in. Bellator passed on him at that time. And I understand because he's only lost once in his professional career. But they did bring him into the fold with a multi-fight contract. So looking forward to seeing the former victory fighting championship champion ply his trade in Bellator speaking of Bellator they're going to do a joint card to end 2019 with Ryzen Ryzen has historically put on cards as Pride did towards the end of the year uh, seeing as their leader is the same as the person who led Pride uh, Saki Kibara he's continuing to do those things uh, this time it will be a joint venture we know that it'll be headlined by a pride style throwback between Fedor and Rampage Patriki Pitbull should be in the lightweight Grand Prix for Ryzen don't know who else from Bellator will fight on that card but yeah, should be a nice way to end 2019 for both promotions who have had much success this year co-promoting with one another as Kyoji Horiguchi is the Bellator champion as well as the Ryzen champion. In the Fight Night Update, I spoke about Mike Tyson and the PFL doing something together it wasn't said exactly what it was but now we know Mike Tyson's new fight game the PFL is a show that debuts on the PFL's YouTube channel it's also going to be on other digital platforms including ESPN Plus ESPN 2 will show it as well at some point it's co-hosted by season 1 light heavyweight titleist and play-by-play announcer, the real OC, Sean O'Connell. This is a nice media addition to the former two-time heavyweight champions hotboxing podcast. Now, speaking of the PFL, they locked up the face of their league for the next couple years, inking a contract extension with Kayla Harrison. She got a new opponent for her fight 
on Friday, October 11th, and that'll be Bobby Joe Dalziel. I don't know if I said her last name correctly or not, but that's what we're going with. She got this new opponent just 24 hours before the fight. Why did this happen? Well, that leads us into the prayer list portion of Headlines and Hot Takes. So Gina Fabian, she was scheduled to fight Kayla Harrison in the semifinals. She was ruled ineligible due to concerns about her weight cut. So that's why Bobby Joe stepped in. Praying for Fabian because yeah, it, it sucks. You're right there getting ready to fight. Going through the last procedures to prepare for the fight. And now you can. And not only that, if she were to win, then she'd be fighting for, I believe it's $200,000 with the PFL. Yeah, it's, and then possibly a million if she won the lightweight title for season two. Yeah, so it's just not a good situation for her at all. Also praying for the family of William the Armadillo Joplin who succumbed to pancreatic cancer. The Armadillo was a staple in the Midwest as he hails from my home state, the Show Me State. Uh, On the west side though, I'm in St. Louis, he's on the west in Kansas City, or he was, and trained there at Glory MMA with their head coach, the James Krause, You got people like Megan Anderson who fought last week uh, As well as Tim Elliott who fights on Saturday Versus Devinson Figueredo who just came off of a fight of the night win Versus Alessandra Pantoja a couple months ago I know this has to be tearing their team up I don't know when the funeral was It's just happened or when it's going to be Will everyone be able to make it in on time? Who knows? Uh, Joplin's family, obviously, is devastated by this loss. So, praying for them. I'm also praying for welterweight unified titleist, Errol Spence Jr., who just unified those titles a couple weeks ago. He was in ICU on Thursday. We'll talk more about why in the old one, too. Birthdays for this week. We have tough Latin America winner Yair El Pantera Rodriguez. Akihiro Gono. Former Bellator champion Ill Will Brooks. The legend Judo Jean LaBelle. One championship's only heavyweight titleist. Brandon the Truth Vera, who will be fighting on the one century card which we'll talk about more in case time and also Shaman Marais who was on our prayer list recently for being cut from the UFC he's celebrating a birthday right now Oka Sasaki who is a rising fighter and will be headlining Ryzen's card this weekend also had a birthday this uh, this week so lots of birthdays lots to celebrate 
lots of active fighters fighting around their birthdays. Uh, what better to do than what you love this close to your birthday? Up next, some sweet science conversation in the old one, too. Hey, yo, what up? It's Tori Deshaun, a.k.a. Boopy, and you listening to MTMV Sports Scat. Time to go between the ropes and step into the squared circle for the old one, two. And in boxing news this week, I shared with you recently that Joseph Parker had to pull out of his fight with Derek Chisora due to an illness. It's been rumored that it was a spider bite. We know that it wasn't Spider-Man, uh, or I should say the radioactive spider that bit him uh, because he's out for the count versus um, sticking to walls and having superhuman strength. Anyway, Derek Chisora got another opponent and there were a number of people that were rumored for the fight. Talked about those last week, but the one person who got it was David Price. He steps in to face Chisora in about two weeks. They're in their native UK. Uh, Both of these fighters are from the UK, uh, so it should be phenomenal. And this will be on the uh, pro-grade Taylor card to put an end to the World Boxing Super Series junior welterweight uh, round that they've got going on. So should be really good. In boxing news as well, Heather Hardy, who recently lost to Amanda Serrano, tested positive for a diuretic after that fight. Uh, it's sad to hear and sorry to hear about that. If she were looking to go back to MMA, that might be a bit difficult because generally when you pop positive for something like that, you have to be out for at least a year or so. Boxing seems to be a bit more lenient, so who knows? She may be boxing again uh, much sooner than she would be entering into MMA. I stated in the prayer list that praying for Errol Spence, he flipped over his Lamborghini multiple times on Saturday morning, just before 3 a.m., there in Dallas, Texas, which is where uh, he lives and is from. He lives in the suburbs there. It's been rumored that Spence um, likes to partake in some adult beverages, and who knows, that may have been a part of this. The, the different reports haven't said anything as far as what caused it. What they have said is that he was traveling at high speeds, very, very high speeds. Understandably, you know, he's in a Lamborghini. Generally, you don't drive those to drive them slow. Uh, But what was concerning about the whole thing is that he did not have his seatbelt on when this happened. Uh, He veered over uh, across the median. That's how the vehicle flipped. 
multiple times. He was ejected from the vehicle, uh, suffered some lacerations. Like I said, he was in ICU. They said he's going to make a full recovery. Uh, nothing more than lacerations, no broken bones or things of that nature. Uh, so that's good to hear. With just the lacerations, though, I don't know why you'd be in ICU for you know just some cuts unless he was bleeding very badly. Uh, sounds like he very well may have had some kind of head trauma too. That would be understandable because you've been thrown from a car that was moving really really fast yeah you you probably should have some head trauma how is that going to impact his fighting career we'll find out just glad that we're not speaking about a tragedy more so than just an accident at this time all right our fight cards the televised fight cards for the weekend on friday from belfast northern ireland on espn plus you have patty barnes versus jay harris it is a 12 round bout for the vacant ibf intercontinental flyweight belt on the zone from torrento italy you have fabio turci who's 17 and 0 with 13 knockouts taking on tommy McCarthy, who's 15 and 2 with eight knockouts, they'll be fighting for the WBC International Cruiserweight title. Also, on Friday on Fight Pass, you got Chad Dawson versus Dennis Garshev. I don't know what weight class they're fighting at. I can tell you they're fighting at the Connecticut Convention Center. I don't know why they're fighting. I'm just giving you the televised lineup. I hope that Chad Dawson stops fighting soon and very soon. Anyway, on Saturday, in Chicago, Illinois, from the Wind Trust Arena, on the zone, you've got the WBAWBC Junior Welterweight Champion of the World, Jessica McCaskill taking on Erica Annabella Farias and she will be looking to defend her titles against Farias at that time also on this card you have the WBA light heavyweight champ and I looked it up because you know the WBA plays some games when it comes to championships they got super champ world champ gold champ interim champ but this is for the Full championship. Their champion, Dimitri Bivol, takes on Lennon Castillo, and Bivol will be looking to defend his WBA belt. The headlining fight for this card is a heavyweight bout, and it is a debut at the heavyweight division for the man who cleaned out the cruiserweight division last year and positioned himself as a must-see fighter. Alexander Usyk will be taking on Chaz Witherspoon. And this is a 12-round heavyweight bout. Now, Witherspoon stepped in on five days' notice. Tyron Spong 
was supposed to fight Usyk. Usyk was supposed to fight Carlos Takam earlier this year uh, at the end of May, but Usyk hurt himself. I think he snapped his bicep. Couldn't fight. Takam was not in play for this rescheduled fight in October. Uh, Spong was tapped, but then he popped positive, so as quickly as he was in, he was out and in steps Witherspoon, who's 38-3 and with 28 knockouts. The three losses he's had are to Chris Ariola, Tony Thompson, and Seth Mitchell. When he was fighting Mitchell, it was for regional titles. So NABO, uh, WNBC, I don't know. It was a couple different titles. So he's got power at 28 knockouts. And he has won the vast majority of his fights. But when he stepped in against top-level opponents, i.e. Areola and Tony Thompson, or fought for a title, as he did with Mitchell, fell short. Uh, What was really interesting, as Witherspoon was announced to be the opponent for Usyk, is that Boxing Rec had him listed as being suspended until November 20th. Uh, They don't list that anymore, and who knows how he got out of that. He was suspended by Pennsylvania, which is the state that he's from originally. Um, Yeah, unless something comes up between now and Saturday, looks like they will uh, be fighting one another. I think Witherspoon is actually a better opponent for Usyk. He's got a lot more boxing experience. Uh, Spawn as a kickboxer. He's also fought MMA. He is a ferocious striker. I mean, yeah, he's a killer when it comes to striking. But as far as boxing is concerned, he's only been doing that, or I should say, only been focusing solely on that for the past couple years. Uh, so, yeah, uh, having Witherspoon in there is a, I think, a much better test for Usyk. Also on Saturday from Leeds, England on ESPN Plus, Josh Warrington, the IBF featherweight titleist, will look to defend said title against Sofian Takauchi. Yeah, I'm sure that I murdered that last name probably his first name too uh, but that fight will take place in Leeds, England so it's time for us now to step out of the square circle back between the ropes now the square circle and after the break we'll get in a little cage time Yeah, yeah! RAERadio.com brings you the block. Every day from 8 to midnight Central Time. We got the best in urban inspirational music. So every night, go on swing through the block on RAERadio.com. Yo, this is Maddie Ray, and you're listening to MTMV Sports. 
You've just cleared the official's checkpoint. He motions to the open door and up the steps you go into the cage for a little bit of cage time. This week, all four major organizations have at least one fight card going. Bellator has two MMA cards plus a kickboxing card. One century is split into two parts and will have 28 martial arts champions competing. Hold on tight, fight fans, because we got a lot of fights to cover. So the PFL kicks things off on Friday. That card features the welterweight quarter and semifinals, as well as the women's lightweight semifinals. It's headlined by Kayla Harrison and Bobby Joe uh, Dalziel. Uh, the Canadian Dalziel has stopped half of her opponents. Uh, she's lost by armbar to semifinalist Larissa Pacheco in her last fight, though. She's stepping in again because Gina Fabian can't go. A Harrison loss will be a major blow to the company, seeing as they just signed her to this extension. This fight was made just 24 hours ago. And yeah, I mean, it's like the perfect storm for Harrison to lose. It reminds me of Kimbo Slice when he fought... Um, I forget the guy's name. Seth Petrozelli. That's right. When he fought Seth Petrozelli and had brought down Elite XC. Um, I don't think it would be as big of a blow where it would bring the PFL down altogether. But it would definitely hurt them. Because, again, Harrison is the face of the organization. She's undefeated. And she really shouldn't be tested for real until the finals. And that's if Sarah Kaufman... Uh, wins her bout. The Voices Marquee matchup pits Salabusi versus Ray Cooper III. They're fighting in the quarterfinals. Both of them lost uh, their last fight by knockout. Uh, they won their first fights in season two of uh, the PFL. Cooper, yeah, he was on a tear undefeated, knocking out Jake Shields twice in season one, uh, then to lose to the champion who uh, is competing as well and is still on a tear, Megamed, Megamed Karamov. So it's going to be really interesting. Uh C did very well in the first fight he had uh, for season two where he knocked out his opponent I think in the first round. Yeah, it was. He knocked him out in the first round. Like I said, Cooper did well first round. He got a submission in the second round of his first fight, I should say. Now they are in the quarterfinals. And the men's quarterfinals, they're two five-minute rounds. If the fight ends in a draw, which that happened quite a bit in PFL Season 1. They've changed things up a bit this season, though. And if it ends in a draw, then it's Judge Pride style, where the judge looks at the whole of the fight and says who won, who did the most damage, who controlled the fight the most. 
that's if Vegas approved these rules. If they did not approve those rules, then just like last season, whoever won round one will advance to the semifinals. If it's a draw, then the highest seeded fighter advances to the semifinals. So that's PFL. That's on Friday. Also on Friday, uh, on the Bellator app, you've got Bellator Milan, which is headlined by Melvin No Mercy Manoff, who's taking on 9-4 Yannick the Black Mamba Bahati in a light heavyweight bout. The uh, Black Mamba. Now, I think of the Black Mamba, I think of Kobe Bryant. But Bahati, yeah, I don't think of him when I think of any Mambas. I really didn't know who he was before this fight. He has fought before for Bellator, actually winning his last bout uh, via submission. He's a part of the Bellator Europe scene. Uh, He's from the Congo. He lives in the UK currently. He stopped eight out of his nine opponents. Half of them been by submission. The other half have been by knockout. Half of the time that he has lost, though, it's been by knockout. And that's No Mercy's specialty. He's a decorated kickboxer. And he should have the advantage with his vast experience. I mean, uh, Manoff has like 33 or 31 wins alone in MMA. So the experience portion definitely goes to No Mercy. Uh, And if it's standing, he definitely has experience. And he should have the advantage there. That's if he can keep it standing. If it hits the ground, uh, the Black Mamba may be able to pull out the victory. Bellator 230, which also is in Milan. I told you they got a kickboxing bout as well. Bellator likes to do these three cards when they've got something on five tv for their european series or at least two cards so with the kickboxing card they've got three technical cards they're calling Uh, but it's all in the same building all uh, on one ticket but it's three cards anyway for bellator 230 which will be shown uh, on the zone and on paramount on tape delay uh the malign portion of the card which is why I give credence to this actually kind of being its own car because you can only see it on Channel 5 in the UK or, or on um, the Bellator app. Once those fights are done, if you missed it, too bad, so sad. I've yet to see one of these European series cards be replayed anywhere. But for Bellator 230, which stateside, I've you'll have much better opportunity to see. You got former middleweight champion Rafael Carvalho, who's making his light heavyweight debut versus Vadim Nemkov. Nemkov is undefeated in Bellator, and the matchmakers really didn't do the former middleweight champion any favors with this matchup. Nemkov is a protege of Fedor, and he beat former champions Liam McGeary and Phil Davis at light heavyweight in his last two bouts. This is Carvalho's first rodeo when it comes to light heavyweight. And this guy is beating the champions back to back. A loss will put Rafael at two and three in his last five 
and caused him to become the third straight former champion to fall to Vadim. This bout should play out on the feet. Carvalho stops 75% of his foes by strikes, and Nemkov does the same thing at 80% of the time that he steps in the cage. UFC Tampa will be on Saturday. The curtain jerker for the main card. The undercard has some really, really good fights on it too. But on the main card, the curtain jerker, you've got Eric, your, or I should say, your boy, Eric Anders versus Gerald Mearshart. Your boy is returning to middleweight. He said in a interview uh, on media day that he feels like he's got the ability to put people away a bit easier at middleweight the light heavyweights he's got to put a little more mustard into things to try to get the job done doesn't have any problems with making middleweight so that's why he's dropping back down gm3 fought out his contract earlier this year he won that fight and now he is fighting again for the UFC. So it'll be the first fight on this new contract for him. The Voices Marquee matchup is the second fight on this card, which pits Matt Frivola, the steamroller. I always want to call him a rock and roller, but he's the steamroller for Frivola versus tough alum, the violent Bob Ross. Luis Pena is the Voices Marquee matchup because Pena has St. Louis roots. He trained at St. Charles MMA, which is in the St. Louis uh, metropolitan area. So anytime it's a Nigerian on the card or somebody from St. Louis and it's not in the main event, it's going to be the Voices Marquee matchup. Pena is very, very confident going into this fight and saying look I train with the champion who is a killer possibly one of the all time greats in Habib Nurmagomedov for this fight I helped him get ready for his fight with Dustin Poirier which was uh, in September said then I also was training with uh, the new lightweight king or uh, king in waiting crown prince so to say Islam Makashev during that fight camp because he also fought on that Abu Dhabi card and he just feels that all the training that he's done with them puts him at a place much higher than Frivola but Frivola doesn't come from some little no-name camp with no-name fighters in it Frivola was training right along with the co-headliner for UFC 243 Ally Quinta you know who took Habib the distance in their fight you got El Jermaine Sterling who he hasn't really been doing too much training because of uh, his wrist surgery but Chris Weidman who fights next week definitely has been training so it's not like Frivola is in there with nobody He's in there with former champions. He's in there with title challengers. You know, he, he's in there with some good people. And the last time Pena was talking about some, oh, you know, I, I trained with, with Habib 
whoever I stand across the cage from has nothing for me because I train with Habib. Yeah, well, Mike Trezano had something for him, and he beat him last time. And I think much of that had to do with the overconfidence that Pena had going into that fight. Could be that way again. Of course, I hope not because I try to be unbiased when it comes to my coverage, with the exception of Nigerians and people from the St. Louis area. Uh, so you know I wasn't unbiased last week when uh, Izzy did his thing. Woo, Nigel stand up. That was so wonderful. Uh, anyway, wasn't unbiased regarding that. I'm not unbiased when it comes to paying it. I definitely want him to win. Can he lose? Yes. And actually, seems like he's got the perfect recipe to lose. But we'll find out how things transpire when the pin drops, the cage door locks thumbs go up and they start the clock Mackenzie Dern makes her return to the octagon just four months after giving birth I can't imagine how she was able to snap back this quickly but she's in there and not only is she in there weight wise she is coming in very very well on Wednesday she was 118 pounds. She woke up on Thursday at 117 pounds. And she said she lost a lot of muscle and a lot of fat with having the baby. And I can understand that, even though, as she stated, she came in initially with some of that baby fat still on her. If she's nursing, and she said something about uh, having a, a, a mom top now, but if she's nursing, because of all the nutrients and things that the baby takes out of you when they are nursing yeah weight kind of drops off very very quickly and if she did lose muscle and she did lose fat it makes sense i mean she only had about a pound to go going into weigh-ins and that's been something that she's always struggled with which is the reason why i was concerned with her coming back so quickly because hey you just had a baby and generally you weigh a lot more when you have a baby than when you don't because you are eating for two and your body has to support not just your life but somebody else's life uh, looks like everything uh, is working out on the weight end how that transpires in the cage is another story though she's facing Amanda Rebus who is a black belt and very skilled in judo as well has got a black belt there too so both of us are in jiu-jitsu black belt and a judo black belt uh, Dern was like, hey, I haven't really seen her fighting, or I should say competing on any of the uh, international stages when it comes to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, so I'm not as concerned about her grappling. Uh, I am concerned about her Judo, but if it hits the ground, I should be able to submit her, and that's generally how most people see it. Uh, Dern is a phenomenal, phenomenal grappler, and she should have the advantage on the ground. But Amanda should be comfortable there as well because she does have those two grappling black belts within her uh, back pocket. Also on this card, you've got James, the Texecution of Vic versus Nico, the Hybrid Price. Yeah, this fight screams performance of the night bonus. Either fight of the night or at least 
performance of the night because somebody is probably going to sleep. Nico Price has not been in a boring fight like ever in his life. And James Vick, unfortunately, has been getting knocked out quite a bit. Now, this is Vick's welterweight debut. Hopefully, by being able to be fully hydrated or at least not killing himself to get down to 155, that he'll have a bit more staying power within this weight class. Uh, but again, like I said, Nico Price is no joke. He's never in a boring fight. He's always bringing it. Vic is a stand-up kind of fighter as well. Uh, so it's going to be very, very interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, but there should be a performance of the night generated from this fight. Cub Swanson and Crone Gracie are in the co-main event. And this could be an interesting fight not saying that it will be i'm not saying that it should be i'm saying that it could be interesting because crone's jujitsu is so phenomenal that usually when he gets in there he does his thing yeah you nobody's standing with him or well yeah they can't stand because he gets it to the ground and then he submits you if it can stay standing though cub swanson is a grizzled veteran a wily veteran and he is known for his striking that's been his calling card that has been what has kept him around as long his exciting style and the fact that he will stand and bang and has a chin if he can test crone's stand up this could get very very interesting now crone trains with the Diaz brothers uh, both Nate and Nick so it's not like he's not training as far as striking and boxing is concerned but that by far is his greatest liability when it comes to the fight game at the time of recording the main event is a strawweight fight between Joanna Jantlachek and Michelle Waterson I preface it by saying at the time of recording because it was rumored that Joanna asked for a catchweight fight earlier within the week. Waterson and Cantwell weren't having it, saying, nope, it needs to be at straw weight. Do what you can to make the weight. Joanna has had some uh, surgical enhancements recently. She had some plastic surgery. And I think this is what is causing her to say, hey, can we make it at a different weight? Because she has some more weight on her now than she normally does. And this weight doesn't go away with sweating. Um, again, whether or not she'll be able to make it, we don't know. We'll see. Hopefully she doesn't do anything drastic to try to make the weight. In uh, all, I, I see it that it's probably going to be a catchweight fight for the most part. I mean, not a catchweight on Michelle's end. She will come in on weight, but Joanna may not be able to make that 116 limit. Um, so she won't be fighting at 116, which means that she very well may have to go up to 125. She just lost to the champ, uh, Shevchenko. So I don't know how much better she fared at that weight class and it's a pretty thin weight class uh, however for Waterson 
if she can win this fight, she should be next in line for Zhang Wei Li, which is the reason why she was like, no, uh-uh. This needs to be at straw weight. Can't be any kind of catch weight because that just opens the door for the UFC to try to leapfrog me with someone else. If I win this fight, I should be fighting for the title. She felt like she should have been fighting uh, for the title previously when Joanna, or I shouldn't say Joanna, but Amanda... Um, oh Lord, what is her name? It's not Amanda, it's the pile driver, Bate Stocker, uh, Jessica Andrade. That's right. Whoo, I don't know why I couldn't remember her name. But when uh, Zhang fought Jessica in China, the Karate Hottie thought that she should have been the one. She's on this whole mom uh, champ kick. I hope for her she can get it done. So, okay. I'm supposed to be unbiased, but yeah, I, I like Waterson. Um, I love JJ as well, though. So, but for that whole mom uh, champ deal, she's trying to be the first mother who's a champion. You know, who 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 don't want to root for her with that? Plus, her daughter is so cute. Um, but anyway, I digress. One century. Oh my goodness! One championship is making their splash their first live broadcast in the u.s one century will be in tokyo japan part one will be broadcast on tnt you got yushinokami and uh agalan thani fighting that welterweight potal who has seven out of eight of his wins by knockout but we probably won't see anything but the three big fights on this portion of the card first one is a Grand Prix because you got two Grand Prix finales and then a title fight they're only on TNT for two hours that title fight is going to be about a half hour alone plus the time for those other two uh, any kind of packaging to try to build things up yeah it's probably only going to be those three fights so in the lightweight division that Grand Prix was supposed to be Eddie Alvarez versus Sagi Dagi Arslanilayev. Oh, I messed that up. Um, but yeah, Dagi. Just call him Dagi. Dagi is a beast. An absolute beast. Oh, man. He is a killer. A killer. He hasn't been out of round one but once in his career. He stopped every single foe that he's faced. Uh, only lost one time, and that was a stoppage as well. Uh, due to an illegal kick but Dagi's a beast unfortunately uh, the underground king could not fight so in steps really the next best thing which is the champ Christian the warrior Lee who just won his belt in May of this year he steps in to fight the Grand Prix finale and it's like okay but you're the full champ why is this just the Grand Prix finale? That's not making a lot of sense. Outside of looking at the fact that, like I said, TNT is only broadcasting two hours of this card. You can't have two championship bouts within that time frame. Just logistically, it's not going to happen. So the Grand Prix finales are three rounds, which is why this is just the Grand Prix finale and not for the title. 
Now, here's what's interesting, though. If Doggy wins, he's got to face um, Lee again for the full-fledged belt. But not only will he do that, he already comes in with a win and an immediate win. So the next fight will be a rematch for the belt. So that, that's kind of crazy. If Lee wins, then he dispatches the Grand Prix winner and opens things all the way up as far as who he would face next. So got a lot going on there. And that's what makes it the Voices Marquee matchup for this portion of this card. Because again, you need to watch Doggy fight. Anytime that man is fighting, you need to see it because yeah he's a beast and christian lee is no joke either he holds the record for knockouts in one championship so yeah phenomenal fight uh lee is once beaten uh will he keep that record as being once beaten is a question now demetrius johnson which is one of the high profile free agent pickups that one made that just historic trade between one championship and the UFC Ben uh, Askren going to the UFC DJ going to one championship things have been working out well for both uh, organizations and for DJ specifically he wins a Grand Prix then he gets to fight for the full fledged championship he is taking on Danny the King King Ad. Danny is a Wushu champ. He's only lost once in his career, and that was to the current champion, Adriano Marais. And that was in a championship about two years ago. All but two of the King's wins have come by decision, though. And DJ, though he fights a decision from time to time, uh, he has been very, very active and killing the game since coming over into one. The King is a Team Lakai representative. DJ fights out of Evolve MMA uh, for one championship because of training over in Southeast Asia. So, you know, it's, it's a matchup between two powerhouse teams there in Asia. The biggest question mark is how will DJ respond not having Matt Hume in his corner. That is the third fight. He hasn't had him in his corner. Hume is a vice president for one championship. It is a conflict of interest for him to be cornering a fighter. So he doesn't. And DJ said that's been different and it's been a bit difficult. In this grand stage, how will it impact DJ? We'll find out. The headliner for this card, you got Angela Unstoppable Lee, who looks to defend her Adam Weight belt versus Zhang Jingna. Now, talked about Christian Lee earlier. That is Angela's brother. And like Christian, Angela has only lost one time in her career. Guess who she lost to, though? She lost to Zhang Jingna in her last bout. So this is an immediate rematch. The last time they fought, Angela was looking to become a two-division champion in one championship. 
she holds the atom weight belt and she was trying to win Zhang's strawweight belt which coincidentally is the same belt that Zhang Wei Li has in the UFC the UFC is trying to make Zhang Wei Li the face of Chinese MMA but Zhang Jingna has been striving to be that for quite some time and has held the championship much longer than Zhang Wei Li. She hopes that by becoming a two division champion, she can reassert herself as the face of Chinese MMA. That fight, the first one, was a phenomenal, phenomenal fight. And Li really had the fight won, which would have been uh, the Punching Panda's first loss. But she just could not keep up. At the very end of the fight, she was gassed, and Zhang jumped on her, stopped the fight, won the fight, and retained her title. Now she's going to try to get this other title from Angela Will Lee be able to perform better at her natural weight? We don't know. We will find out, though. Part two of One Century. In that portion of the cards, you got the debut of Arjun Buller. You have former champions Shinya Aoki and Hanario Benario battling. But the three title fights that are really the ones to look out after. Well, it's actually two title fights. Um, this one, though, the, the Spanaway title fight has so much history to it. This is a tetralogy, so this is the fourth time that these two gentlemen will fight. You have current champion Bibiano Fernandez and former champion Kevin Bellingham. Uh, Bellingham, if I'm not mistaken, is a Team Lakai rep as well and uh, Bibiano trains with Demetrius Johnson so you got this whole uh, dynamic going again so first time they fought Bibiano submitted Kevin Bellingham he came into the second fight a bit cocky he was like look dude I submitted you first time it, it's, it's going down again the same way you're done but he wasn't Kevin had a phenomenal fight where he dominated on the feet and then would go to the ground, do a little bit of work there, and then take things back up. And he was initiating it with wrestling, uh, which is what helped him to win that bout. Excellent, excellent fight. The third time they fought, it was a bit of controversy. Kevin got knocked out, but... The blows really seem to be to the back of the head of Bellingham by Viviano Fernandez. So they're doing it again to clear up any confusion and to prove who is the better fighter. This fight is headlined by Brandon the Truth Vera versus Ongla the Burmese Python Unsong for Ongla's light heavyweight title. Back when he entered the UFC, Brandon the Truth Vera talked about being the champion at both heavyweight and light heavyweight. And it seemed as if he could do that. He was riding a nice undefeated streak 
and then he start running into issues and start losing uh, after losing he dropped down to like heavyweight I believe and start losing there and then all of a sudden he wasn't in the UFC anymore he is the only heavyweight champion that one championship has ever had now he's trying to again uh, relive the plans that he set out uh, not in the UFC now though but in the wonderful wonderful championship that one has going on but Ong La is no joke Ong La is a two division champion he holds the light heavyweight title and he also holds the middleweight title Ong La trains at Hard Knocks 365 and is a coach there so he's there with the Kamaru Usmans of the world Robbie Lawless of the world uh, you know he, he's in there training with the best of the best when it comes to fighters and he's been bringing over fighters from one into Hard Knocks 365 to help them train as well on lies no joke he's called the Burmese Python for a reason the man has submissions so yeah this is going to be a great great fight will the truth do what he set out to do and become a two division champion if online has anything to say about it no that won't happen that does it for this episode of the mtmv main card this is episode 112 hope that it has been good still want some feedback regarding this new format for cage time especially in a situation like this where we have so many fights do i need to break it up is it cool like it is how are you digging the whole setup we didn't have any pay-per-views this week so no main event uh so you know again still playing with the format still trying to see how this is going to work uh, and i want your feedback until next time it's your man the voice host of the mtmv main card fight fans and i'm sounding off